Good morning. So if you have been paying close attention, you will have noticed that this is the second Sunday in less than a month that we have heard of John the Baptist and heard him proclaim, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What you may not know is that this proclamation provides the structure for the entire church year. In fact, the church year can be viewed as roughly equally divided between the first half of John's preaching, the one more powerful than I is coming after me, and the second half, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That is, Advent through Easter proclaims Jesus as the one who is to come. And the season of Pentecost proclaims Jesus as the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. You probably didn't notice this because when you come each Sunday, you can't see the forest for the trees. If only we had one Sunday when the whole year could be seen, as it were, in a single set of lessons, when we could pull back from the trees and see the whole forest. Well, today comes about as close to that as we can get. Notice how the collect begins by recalling Jesus, that Jesus is the one proclaimed God's beloved Son and anointed with the Holy Spirit but then asks that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior. In fact, it's hard to imagine a set of lessons that more clearly set forth the central truths of the creed and our Christian faith. First, we have God the Father, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, speaking the world into existence by his word, through whom all things were made, while his spirit, the word for spirit in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin, also means breath or wind, swept over the face of the waters who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified. As we have heard in the psalm today, which praises the mighty voice of the Lord, who is worshiped in the temple and glorified by all. And today's gospel lesson tells of Jesus' baptism when he is manifested as the one more powerful than John by the mighty voice of God who proclaims, you are my son, the beloved, 
With you, I'm well pleased. As the Spirit, like a dove, descends upon him, and whom we believe in as one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. But it's the New Testament lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, I think, that helps us to understand the second half of John's preaching. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate throughout the season of Pentecost that is nearly as long as all the other seasons of the church year combined. For, as we know, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we may keep the covenant we have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior to perform the service that God sets before us. The Acts lesson recounts the visit of Paul to Ephesus, a city in Asia Minor, while Apollos was in Corinth, in Greece. That's actually an important detail. Apollos was a Jew from Alexandria who was an eloquent speaker and who had come to Ephesus before he went to Corinth. Luke tells us that although he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, he knew only the baptism of John. So when Paul arrived in Ephesus, he found some disciples. But clearly, something wasn't right about them. What was it? Was it when he prayed with them or worshiped with them? The first letter of Peter says, by God's great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The King James Version says, a lively hope. Were the Ephesians missing that? I had a friend who once told me that he went into a church and he said, that church was so dead that over the transept over the altar it was written, he is risen, he is not here. (laughs) Or was it something else that gave them away? After all, we know that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. When I lived in Boca Raton, a young man showed up who had just become a Christian. He was Jewish and had a cousin who had become a Christian, and he was horrified. He said to me, Being a Christian meant someone who was self-righteous, narrow-minded, and bigoted. So he told the cousin to send him the books he had been reading so he could refute them, but instead they converted him. You see, there's a difference between faith and religion. Faith is like courage. 
most of the time you don't need it. Only when things get rough do you need it and you have to draw on what you've got. But religion is like money, the currency of faith. It enables us to assign values to things and to share our faith with one another. But, like money, religion can be counterfeited. Jesus commended the faith of Roman centurions and the Syrophoenician woman, but he denounced the faith of Pharisees and at times his own disciples. But there is such a thing as true religion. The letter of James says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Something must have tipped Paul off. So he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? They replied, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, what kind of Christians are you? Or into what were you baptized then? And they answered, into John's baptism. And so Paul said, oh, well, that explains it. John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling people to believe in the one who was to come, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. This is the pattern of evangelism throughout the Acts of the Apostles. Jesus is proclaimed as Lord and Christ, the one who comes after John. People confess him as Lord and Savior and are baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And those baptized receive the laying on of hands by an apostle who prays for them to receive the Holy Spirit. And this New Testament model continues to be the pattern for us as Episcopalians to this day. As our Book of Common Prayer says of the rite of confirmation in the course of their Christian development, those baptized at an early age are expected when they are ready and have been duly prepared to make a mature affirmation of their faith and commitment to the responsibilities of their baptism and to receive the laying on of hands by the bishop who is a successor to the apostles. Do you know the first time I ever worshiped at Trinity by the Cove was on Christmas Eve. I had just retired and Kathy and I had been church shopping. 
This was in 2014. We'd been to a number of churches by then. But when we came here, something was different. There was a sense of lively faith in the worship. And at the announcement, the rector told us that the offering would go to Habitat for Humanity. And we said to each other, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And ever since, you have welcomed us to share your life in Christ. And we are deeply, deeply grateful.